What was better, the Al Michaels Do You Believe in Miracles or Ryan Mitchell's call of Crown's historic victory on Saturday <laughs> afternoon? What do you think, Ryan? I mean, where, where do you grade that one, I guess, with all of your not big calls close. up there? No? No. I hate, I'm sorry, Polar Nation. I'm not saying I didn't give it my effort and for what the moment was, but for some of the other crazy finishes where an unexpected thing happened on the Northwestern campus that wasn't even close. I'm not saying I didn't give the effort, but I shouldn't even be in the same stratosphere or country as comparing to that other iconic call you said. So good evening though, Wyatt. Hope I you're guess, doing well. I guess if you have your gripes, then Polar's fans uh, send them our way. UAO, the UMAC at gmail.com. <laughs> Ryan's out here apologizing. I was trying to hype it up, you know, get a big thing going, but I guess you're not, I, you're not proud like of I it. Said, I get. I'm. I'm not gonna. I didn't say that. I'm just saying it. It doesn't compare to some of the other moments that I've been blessed enough to be able to experience. I gave it what I wanted the moment to be, and I. I'm not dissatisfied with it. I wouldn't go back and do it any differently if that's what you're asking. But with how the game sure. transpired, Wyatt, it wasn't a wild ending. I mean, the, no, the result no. was in hand. I think my favorite part of the whole thing is you called Eric Newman the old man out there on the mound, which I mean, it's valid. It's it was true. just. Kind of, it was funny yeah. to hear it come out of your mouth as he's a college player but yet he's like 23 years old or whatever it is so he's older than that wide yeah i i, I, I think I lose, he's i lose track i think he's 25 or 26 but that's incredible um what a performance though from him crown as a team that's what we're here to talk about tonight i mean when we last hopped on here ryan crown needed to win two games to knock off the yellow jackets and just break their hearts they did it they're moving on to the ncaa tournament you said Superior was going to get it done in game one. I said game two. And to be honest, they didn't really stand a chance in either game. I mean, they, they scored three in the first inning in game one, but uh, really the rest of the day it was all pollers. I mean, you saw it up close in person. How did they do it? Well, what a loaded question, Wyatt. But, no, you're right. I mean, I don't think anyone, I mean, unless, again, you were lying, coming in would say, yeah, Crown's going to win both games and they're going to do both of them dominantly and as you mentioned in the first game that we had if we want to start there they throw not Newman because presumably they're saving him like you and I talked about on Friday night where we said okay they're gonna need him at some point yeah but we both we both kind of thought it would be game number two right I mean I'm trying to remember well it talked about but yeah and it does make sense when you think about it because you have to win a game without him anyways so why not throw someone else in game one so that if you were to lose that game anyways, you don't necessarily put him in jeopardy of, you know, I mean, not that he has a future after When everything's this, not all on the line, yep. Yeah, yep. I mean, you're not going to just go out there and throw a guy a bunch of pitches if it's not, like you said, everything on the line. So it does make sense to pitch him for game two, and Superior did the same thing with Rodriguez. I want to get to that in a little bit, but even just in game one, I mean, it was kind of the same situation for Tappy, and he couldn't really handle uh, this crown lineup. I mean, they just hit him around the park. Yeah, I I uh, I expected something different clearly from what we were talking about previously, but we did keep talking about time and time again why it was just the Saturday before at Missile Park where he got dinged for 13 hits and 10 runs, and what do you know, it was a similar stat line, unfortunately, for him and the Jackets. And, I mean, before we skip to a sequence near the end of the game that I want to get to, I mean, like you said, it was murky at best for crown right off the bat where superior gets an early field goal and they're like we're gonna shut the door right now we're not even gonna think about playing a game number two crown's got another underclassman in a spot that he's never been in before easily the biggest game he's pitched in in his life and you know 
nothing against Jacob Shirley, but I mean, it felt like the brights are kind of light early. And again, a lot of guys in his shoes would be feeling the same way, but he did a nice job to settle in and just keep it close early and wait for that offense to finally kickstart. And boy, did they ever. And Wyatt, it was a similar story to what we've seen so many times the whole season and what we saw multiple times this past weekend at Reynolds Field in the tournament. Multiple lawn balls at big times. Three more homers in that first game on Saturday. That's the one that we're talking about right and, now. And not just solo home runs either. That's the thing. when They, hit they them, get they, them with guys on. They, yeah. they do their damage. I mean, you feel it. Yeah, and I mean, that's what the best teams do is you find a way to do it when you really need it. And with one swing from Bailey Sarto, bam, the game's tied in the third. And then Alejandro Molina, a guy taking some big hacks and had some nice at-bats as a freshman DH. I mean, he's the epitome of what Crown's doing, Wyatt, at the plate when he's a freshman and he gets into a role no one thought he would be in. But he's up there to try to crush the ball to the pole side, and he did it. And, man, I honestly on the call, I think I initially said, oh, and that one looks like it's going to drift just foul. And I spoke too soon. It was, like, right over the foul pole. I mean, it was as close as you can get to put him ahead, and then they never look back. I mean, Superior made things a little interesting and pulled within two. But now I want to go into a sequence, Wyatt, that I want your opinion on, all right? So each inning that Tappy goes back out there, I'm saying, okay, clearly Coach Oaks has a plan in the back of his mind. If we lose this game, I want X pitching available or X guy or guys available at 80 or 90 or close to 100%. For game number two. I don't want to just put all of my eggs in this game one basket. Okay, if that makes any sense. So he's letting Tappy go a little bit, much like we saw at Missile Park the weekend before. But why you get to a point where we're into the seventh inning and you get a couple guys who reach and there's still no one out. And I can't remember if they had a visit to the mound or not, but you already knew going into the seventh with them already down by two and the toughest part of the order to face for the pollers at the top. Okay. If he gets into danger here, at least I was saying this on the call, like they got to have someone like ready to come in and take over and be ready to have a short hook. Cause otherwise this game could be over right now. And I believe this was actually the time and it was so quick. I even missed it, but someone else there let us know, Hey, he was warming up for a little bit. Ryan Rodriguez actually got loose late in this game, Wyatt, for just a little bit. And I think it was actually in the sixth or the start of the seventh when Tappy led a couple guys on. And what I'm leading to is nobody out in the seventh. Tappy at this stage of the game isn't super high up in the pitch count. Like he's still probably got a little left, but he's been like dinged. Okay, big time. He's already let up seven runs in the game. They're down two. Trying to keep it close, but Kyle Schrodel's coming to the plate. He hasn't hit a bomb yet on the weekend, but Wyatt, we've seen it all weekend long. He's taking great at-bats. I was very surprised in that spot coming in, and I think I even said it. Okay, is he going to make him pay for this right here and do some damage? And what do you know on the 0-1 pitch? He obliterates it and hits it out to straightaway center. I'll shut up now and let you answer this question. If you recall, and I know this is a horrible spot to put you in, but... You know, I think I'm used to it. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay. You kind of gave him credit, and I agreed with you for what we were talking about on the day two instant reaction pod, where he's rolling with his guy 
late, like later than you'd even think in the so-called analytics, quote unquote, when you're, oh, you're the fourth time through the order. And all of a sudden, when you get a couple guys on, you normally take them out. And you kind of said, Coach Oaks feels more like an old school guy where he trusts his dude and he more feels out the moment. Now, obviously, we can second guess everything till we're blue in the face. And I'm not saying it's an easy decision. But in that spot, already down two, two guys on, still no one out in the seventh. You only have two at-bats left. Were you surprised in that spot that Coach Oaks isn't pulling Tappy and trying to get someone else in the game to see Kyle Schrodel? Uh, Maybe, maybe, I guess. Uh, Not necessarily just for Schrodel in particular, but just in general having somebody ready to go. It sounds like Rodriguez was the only one that was warming up at the time, so they didn't even have anybody. My question would be, where where did uh, Harbaugh go in this whole mix? I mean, he didn't pitch all weekend, right? So why was he not available? You know what I mean? I just I, I wish I had it's that It's a question one. I was asking all Saturday long when I kept looking down into the bullpen, like, when is that guy going to start warming? And or did he something didn't... happen at the end of the regular season where they lost trust in him? They just it, it wasn't going to be. I don't think we'll ever to know. To him, you know what I mean? But I th- I think it is probably one of those things, Wyatt, because otherwise it feels like we would have seen him, especially to the standpoint of he was warming up late. And I know we're not to game two yet, but in game two, when Flanagan was on the hill, Flanagan pitches a masterpiece, but well over a hundred pitches, Wyatt, Friday afternoon. He threw over 50 pitches on Saturday. I mean, I think that says all we need to know about Harbaugh. And Flanagan's breaking stuff clearly was giving Crown some fits, so I'm not acting like he's not capable. But it feels like if they had a decent amount of confidence in Riley Harbaugh, and I get he's an underclassman, it's a big moment, whatever, he'd pitched so many games, I was assuming he was going to at least get a shot at some point. Something had to happen, clearly, that we don't know about. But all I'm saying is I circled that plate appearance as soon as He stepped in like, okay, whatever happens here I think is a big shifting point. If he grounds out, it's a massive sigh of relief for Superior, and yeah, they still need a couple outs to get potentially. Or on the other side of it, Crown basically stamps this game, and then Superior is starting to think, what could have been had we made a move? Again, it may not matter. The dude was in a zone all weekend long. He's been in a zone basically all season long. I'm not saying it would automatically been an out, obviously, if you take out Tappy. But in spots like that wide, I think that's stuff as managers, and we see it at every level of baseball, where you may look back on some of those specific moments and think, could it have been different if I would have made a different decision on what really could be called a 50-50 move? On it, it, I could go either way. I mean, knowing what we know now, and they maybe didn't know this at the time, I'm sure they didn't, but if you knew Rodriguez was also only going to go two innings in the next game, that would have been the spot to put him in, obviously. Why not in a two-run game try and keep it close? I mean, that was doable based on, you know, the fact that they scored three in the first inning in game one. So, obviously, they were expecting him to go more in game two. But, yeah, to answer your question in a long sense, we eventually are rounding our way to get there, but they probably could have gone to someone else and I am a little surprised we didn't see somebody else by the time they pulled Tappy obviously it was too late at that point so I I don't know I mean you can second guess anything like you said I just I I am a little surprised not only that they didn't pull him but that it was Rodriguez that was warming up and not even anybody else because you would still want somebody in a position to I don't know I mean I would expect him to have more than one guy ready to go in that spot I guess is all I'm saying yeah, and eventually when they did take Tappy out and they couldn't wait any longer in that spot, 
it wasn't Rodriguez. It was Jack Reinick, and he did a pretty decent job for being a freshman. I mean, he he held his own late in that game. But by the time Shortle hits the homer, I mean, you just kind of feel in the whole complex. Like, the game's over. Okay, so Superior didn't score from there, and you can say, well, it didn't matter. They didn't score anyway. Okay, you know this, Wyatt. You've been on diamonds before in big spots like that. When all of a sudden your deficit climbs from two to five runs against a team like Crown, who then has all the momentum and then some, you can't help but mentally already start to move on to game two. You're not having the same focus at the plate the next two innings when you're down what they were then after the seventh, where it's eight-plus runs. I mean, it's not the same. Okay, You can't just compare and say, well, they didn't put up any runs. It doesn't matter anyway. No, the whole emotional shift happened when Shortle hits that one over the wall. Basically, the game's over. And so then at that point, what do you start to think, Wyatt? Now we got to set, at least I do, you got to set up your pitching and whatever you want to be in your best spot to start game two. So you're, if you're Coach Oaks, then it becomes the point of, okay, now let's not overreact and use some of the eggs that we had in the game two basket to throw them here to game one because we're going to panic and we don't like what's going on. No, they they understood there was a very plausible possibility that they could be needing to play two games on that day. So I get saving that for it. So I don't really have much else to say on game number one. I mean, surely settling down was big for them, but then I don't want to take away just because Crown was way ahead that Van Dam wasn't great on short rest because he was. Oh, he was, absolutely. Fastball up in the zone, they couldn't touch it, and he was finding ways to get guys out. Punched out five, let up just two hits in four and two-thirds. Great out of the bullpen, really, both days. He did a fantastic job striking out guys when he needed to, and he was their best leverage arm out of the bullpen, period. Yeah, I mean, really, we talk about Crown's lineup, and it was great against Superior. I mean, they combined for 20 runs in the two games, more than enough to win both, but pitching won them this tournament. I mean, we had question marks about the pitching rotation, Ryan, and quite frankly, I mean, really, it's just their two guys that we talked about all year. I mean, other guys were good. Shirley was uh, more than good enough in the position that he was in on Saturday to get the job done. They had other guys that stepped up. Uh, again, my guy, Aiden, I'm just going to call him Volk because I forget. Again, AVS. Hey, there expect. we go. That's yep. right, AVS. That's what we we're going to call him. So he delivered a, a complete game against Northwestern. So there were other guys in this rotation that stepped up, but really when it came down to it, it was Newman and Van Dam. Those two were the ones that kind of put them over the edge, and you, you love to see it, I guess, if you're a Polish fan, that – those yep. guys delivered when they were supposed to. That's what you expected in those moments from those guys. Exactly. And they got it done. So, no, I mean, Crown Crown won it. Superior didn't lose it by any means. Crown took it, and they showed why they were probably, I guess, the most equipped to be in a situation like this where, like I said before the tournament, the longer this goes, it's going to benefit them. And it kind of did by the time we got to Saturday, and even in Game 1 a little bit, it benefited them, quite honestly. Yeah, and I love the point you made, Wyatt, because clearly when you look at the numbers as a whole and you're just box score searching, you're saying, well, Crown Offense did what they always do. They find a way to hit lawn balls when they need to. They're the straw that stirs the drink that is the Polars and what they've been able to do the last couple weeks. And while that is true, I agree it's the pitching that won in this tournament far and away because it's the biggest question mark we had coming in and especially we're going to get to game two in a moment and if you want to hear more thoughts on the performance friday night listen to our last pod the day two instant reaction but especially the performance from avs no one in their right mind saw anything close to that so if you're going to go on the road and you're going to win a conference tournament and you're going to do it the way they did 
where you have to come back from a loss on Friday afternoon, you're going to have to have something like that that no one saw coming to put yourself in a position Saturday to say, yeah, we're getting down there. And you and I talked about it Friday night. I don't know how they're going to piece all this together other than Newman's going to give you all he can, Van Dam's going to give you all he can, and then after that, I don't know what's left. And we're going to get to, obviously, the absolute masterpiece from Mr. Newman here in just a moment. But it all starts and ends with me. If I'm a Polar fan, you have to at least mention at some point what happened Friday night because no one saw that coming in that spot, what that sophomore did. No, you're absolutely right. Can't be can't be overlooked by any means. I mean, really, from the time they lost to Superior on Friday to the end of Saturday when they're raising that trophy, I mean, it's quite remarkable the turnaround they had to win three straight games and what needed to happen for all of that to occur, but they got it done. And, I mean, it just it really was a remarkable performance on their part. So they deserve it. I mean, they, they were the best team all weekend, quite honestly, outside of that one game against Superior and their bats were alive like we expected them to be, and they got what they needed from the pitching standpoint. Speaking of which, in game two, why don't we just go there right now? Newman, that's absolutely incredible. I mean, where does that one rank, I guess, up there with some of the better pitching performances that you've seen or been able to witness at Reynolds Field, I guess? I mean, that that was unbelievable given the moment and the spot that he was in, the seventh-year guy. I mean, just incredible. Yeah, I mean, it'd be tough for me to think back to all the games I've seen, but I mean, I could probably rank that number one, like you said, considering the moment and the circumstances going in. And I mean, it all goes back to game number one, Wyatt, where it's late in the contest and they got the game put away, basically. And we got to talk to him. That's what was fun about this, too, is getting to know Eric a little bit better before watching him pitch this weekend. And if you didn't hear the conversation we had with him and Kyle Schrodel, you can go back and listen to that. We talked to them the night before conference tournament started. Just his build-up to what he does before starts, and it all started in game number one. They're getting near the end. The bullpen, all of a sudden, why it clears out. And there's only one guy down there, and he's fiddling around with his backpack, and then all of a sudden, he's doing the stretching on the turf, and he's doing his yoga. And it's like, okay. As if there was any doubt, I already knew basically, okay, obviously, everyone in the building in their right mind knew that this guy's going to start the next game for the Polars, but he starts getting into the mood, and I just start thinking, like, what's going through his head? Like, you come back, you mentioned it, Wyatt, you put it so well earlier this week, you come back to school and you make that decision where maybe it's difficult to say, ah, do I really want to go through the grind again, to have an opportunity like that. Knowing full well he's not close to 100% because he threw 127 pitches on Thursday to open the tournament. But he even knew when that start was over, I bet he would tell anyone, I sure hope I'm grabbing the ball again this weekend. Because if I'm not, we're probably not winning this thing. So you get the chance to do that. You got to get in your right mind and everything to get ready for that game. But then, Wyatt, when you get to that place, what's the million-dollar question? How far can he go? Yeah. I mean, what is reasonable to expect in this spot off of such short rest? You got to have someone else ready. And then it's the same question we had the game before. Who's it going to be, especially now that Jacob Van Dam was great, but because he kind of went halvesies with Shirley and he's a reliever, I don't think he had much, if anything, left in the tank going into game two. So you're starting to think in your head, at least I am, okay, Newman could be really, really good for three innings, and then he gets into trouble in the fourth, and he's just out, and he just says, Coach, I can't do it anymore, and he's not locating pitches, and you can't blame him because he's been already pitching a ton on the weekend. Where do they go for the next six innings? 
And that was always my thought is I think the depth of superior is going to win out in this spot. And so, I don't know. Do we want to, we already started with it. Do we want to just go full deep on his full performance well, before we get to superior? Well, I mean, you can almost talk about them both at the same time. I mean, what's so interesting to me is he had two guys in a similar situation. I mean, Rodriguez threw a little bit more and he had the delay mixed in there as well against Northwestern. And so there's maybe more into it, but they're coming into this in the same spot, and yep. for whatever reason, he he could only last two. I, I don't know if there was more issues once he got going or if that was always the plan. Again, we just don't know. But Newman clearly, Crown was saying, we're riding you, and I guess it sounds like he, he was just going to throw a few, and it just kind of kept going and going and going. And eventually, I mean, it's one of those things where if the adrenaline just starts going, in that moment, you can just keep riding it, I guess, and that that's exactly what he did. So it, it is interesting, though, that both of those guys were in a similar spot, and he was able to keep going, I guess, in that time where Rodriguez wasn't able to. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic point, Wyatt. The juxtaposition of those two, and all things being similar, they are in a next identical spot coming off a short rest and a long performance on Thursday, like you said. And I got to apologize to you, Wyatt. I kind of scoffed at you when you start painting this picture of, ah, these guys are both going to come back. I'm like, wow, wouldn't that be wild? And then what, you know me, I always love it when the Top Guns face off against each other from two squads. That can't happen. And then you start to formulate. I'm like, I guess it's kind of plausible. And then I show up Saturday and we start seeing how the game one pans out. It's like, this is going to happen, isn't it? And so just kind of start to sense it. (laughs) I know. And hey. It never ends up the way we want it to or hope it would in a spot like that, like you mentioned so many times, and you were totally right on Friday night going into Saturday. How's this thing going to end? And I feel bad for you know Ryan because I'm sure he wanted to go longer, but like you said, Wyatt, we don't know if it was a thing where his arm was just barking at him between innings and it's just like, I, Coach, like I want to, but I can't. Because at a certain point as a pitcher, Wyatt, you can only push it so far. If you get to a certain point where your arm's feeling a certain way, there's not much. I mean, you know way better than I do, but go ahead. That would be a question I have for you since you were there and actually watching it in person. I I caught maybe a little bit of it, but not a ton on the stream. But did you notice anything about both these guys as far as did Newman look similar to the first time out? Could you tell there was a difference? And then same question about Rodriguez. Was Rodriguez different? than he was against Northwestern. Because, I mean, Crown got four hits off of him right away. I have to imagine he's not at 100% or the same guy, obviously. Otherwise, that does not happen. Yeah, I mean, maybe a little bit, Wyatt. But I look into it like, okay, Crown's lineup is clearly on a mission. We know their top of the order is as good as any you're going to find. And on a guy on short rest, sometimes it even takes him a little bit to get going, even when you don't have a lot in the tank. And I think then, you know, after, like you said, he lets up those four early hits, he starts to settle in a little bit. But I don't know what to say other than my best speculation is he just didn't have nearly the same amount in the tank. And I don't want to say, you know, we could get into all the sports science bit of it and say Eric Newman's recovery process and what they do at Crown between starts and how they wrap their arms and i like i don't know okay any of this stuff is about sports how it's still a thing by the way the show i'm john brinkus and go. this yeah. is sports science <laughs> today we compare how a leopard in the jungle can oh, also relate like bringing me back <laughs> that show was something else Sorry, I don't know why I use that voice. But anyway, yes, that was a, that was, that was a great show. No, I'm, I'm not going to go into what they do between starts and how they make that work and whatever. 
the beauty of it too, like we talked about, Wyatt. Both these guys are old dudes. Okay, Ryan's not oh, as old as Eric, they're, they're but men. Ryan's they're an not, old dude. Not boys, they're men. Thank you, thank you for that. That you're totally right on that. So, and like you said, I mean, we heard after the fact that, you know, Eric going in only thought he'd get a couple and he wasn't feeling great after a few innings, but he just kept saying every time in the, going into the dugout, one more, give me one more inning to the coaches. And that just keeps going. And you use the perfect word, Wyatt. And I use it all the time on the broadcast. There's no other way to describe what he did than the ultimate boost of adrenaline. And I mean, there's some other, you know, things that you could point to as well, but especially, Wyatt, because... I'd have to go back and watch every one of his punch outs. He had 15 of them. I mean, it was ridiculous the groove that he got in in the middle to two thirds into this game where he, he struck out the side in a couple innings. Strikeouts? I didn't know yes. that. I didn't realize. And he that. got like seventh and eighth inning. He was like in a groove and then some, but it was all wide, all heater, 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 heater. And all the punch outs were up in the zone, up in the zone. It's like the term we use in softball all the time a rise ball that's so enticing to the hitter that you can't lay off when there's two strikes and it's maybe just above the belt, but it feels like it has extra late life to it and you can't really describe it other than the pitcher's got a way to make it look really good and then it's going to hit the glove in a spot where it's next to impossible to make contact with. That's what it felt like he was doing for most of these punch-outs. And when you see that, Wyatt, that's the definition of adrenaline, okay? We're not saying, wow, Kershaw's just running on pure adrenaline as he keeps dropping his 12 to 6 curveballs in the seventh inning and he's at 130 pitch. No! When a guy's on adrenaline, what's he throwing? One pitch. He's rearing back, he's grabbing that with four fingers, and he's throwing the four-seamer up in the zone again and again and again and again and again until he can't anymore. And you get to a point in that game where... I don't think he even probably why I mean I'd be interested to hear from him but in the 5th 6th 7th inning he doesn't have to walk back in the dugout and tell his coaches leave me in like I'm good. Like he may be doing that. But when you get to a certain point in the game and this is the beauty of baseball Wyatt, why you and I say there's a place for analytics and there's a place to just be old school when a guy's got that look in his eyes and he's staring daggers into the other guys as they dig in to step to the plate you don't say anything. If that guy wants to go on the dugout and sit in the corner by himself or he wants to put beats on and just get in the zone and do whatever he wants, you don't do anything to ruin that guy's rhythm. You yep. can give him high fives and fist bumps or whatever you want. It is his ball game, and you don't even dare think about taking the ball from him. No, a- absolutely. You're, you're 100% right, and that's pretty much what happened. And the way he was rolling, like you said, and I mean, once Crown got ahead, I don't think there was much doubt. It just really seemed like they were going to win. It didn't seem like Superior had enough to come back at that point. Would you agree? Yeah, I would absolutely agree. Sometimes you just got to tip your cap wide and say, that guy is just not beatable today. And it kind of felt similar to, it was a much different way to do it, but what AVS was doing to the Northwestern offense Friday night, Newman was in even a different otherworldly zone because it's championship Saturday and all the stuff that was on the line and what he was doing was unbelievable on short rest. Obviously I don't think I've mentioned yet folks, if you didn't know, he threw 153 pitches. Like I don't even want to know why, what his arm felt like when he woke up on Sunday. Well, and, I, it and, may have been brutal. <laughs> and we got to get into that a little bit though here. Cause we got to talk about their matchup here in the NCAA tournament and what's going to happen there. But do you have any other closing thoughts about what happened on Saturday? I mean, it's a good season for both these programs, a great season for Crown. and Best season in program history. Unquestionably. Biggest win, biggest weekend in program history, no question about it. For Superior, it sucks, it's heartbreaking, 
but it's still a great season when all they look things back. considered yes yeah. i mean what they accomplished the direction the program is heading i know it's tough right now but in the long run they'll realize this was kind of the start to what yes. they hope to accomplish down the road so if they ever take that step or get over that hump these uh, seniors in this group with Coach Oaks in his first year can say they kind of laid the foundation, if you will. I'm glad you mentioned the seniors because they, they have a lot of underclassmen coming back who are going to continue to play huge roles, and that's big for them. But guys like Rye Rod and Flanagan, I mean, they laid the foundation and they laid it all out and then some this weekend. So hats off to them on exceptional careers. you have anything else from either of those games you want to get into, ask me? I mean, I I don't really have a whole lot more to say. I think I've hit it all. I mean, it all starts and ends with Newman, and I know I've said plenty on that, but it's it's something we don't really see, and it's the beauty of baseball, Wyatt, where no one in their right mind could have ever drawn up anything close to what we saw in that game. You no, you're, you're absolutely right. It, it, it really was. It, it was. It was something else. I mean, that's what makes it fun, though. That's that's baseball. Yep. That's that's why. And we that's why it. you come back, and that's why you use all the extra years, is for a moment like that. <laughs> are you are you taking a jab at me here or something? Are you saying I should? No, I, I got two more years. I'm not saying anything. What, what well, if you if you want to come back, though, I'm not going to tell you no. Also, if you want to come back, go ahead. That was not at you at all. But if you want, hey, by all means. Hey, if you want to play tennis next year with your brother, do it. That'd be awesome. No, I'd go back and play some <laughs> golf, though, maybe. That, that would be, oh, be okay. Fun. You could hold your own. You're joking, but you could, if you practice more, I mean, you could get really good. I'm actually not even, like, joking. I'm, I'm joking about going back. If I ever did go back to play a sport, it would probably be golf at this point. That That's serious, but... Anyways. And it'd just be a good time. Like, I mean, yeah, you want to win, but it'd just be a great time to get all those rounds in. I mean, all these nice courses, yeah. I yeah, mean, exactly. If nothing else, yeah. Should play golf anyways in the first place, I guess. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it sounds like. But, uh, okay, let's talk a little bit now here about Crown and what they have to look forward to. And the reason I mentioned Newman and the situation that he maybe is in now is because, I mean, he's got to be the guy game one. Is he going to be 100%? Is he going to be ready? What's the ramifications of what happened during this weekend? Do you think he can get rested up and ready to go again against the number five team in the country who, uh, when looking at the numbers, there's a reason they're number five, Ryan. I don't know if you had a chance to look at them, but this team looks ridiculous. That's a million-dollar question. I don't even know if you asked right now Coach Dehaney and any of his assistants and specifically you know, coaching pitching coach uh, Maris Blanchard I don't know if they know, but it's exactly what you said, Wyatt. As long as he's there and he's got a pulse, you can be darn sure he's getting the ball and they'll find out, okay? you are I don't know if you're going to really find out until midday just outside of St. Louis on Friday. I'm almost wondering if it's going to matter a whole lot too, you know what I mean? Like, does Crown have enough to beat the number five team in the country? I yeah. mean, that's just such... A ridiculous challenge that they're facing not only that but Webster's also hosting yep so I mean it's Webster's the kind of team that is equipped for a deep run in the NCAA tournament they have three guys that have a ERA under three and have all pitched 60 plus innings they've got seven guys I think it was that are hitting over 300 and have played in almost every game I mean this team is legit and they've only lost like one game out of their last 25 it's just ridiculous what they've been able to do so I have some doubts if Crown's going to be able to hold their own. Here's the only path I really see, Wyatt. And obviously, as you mentioned, they have pitching depth. But 
maybe the worst of those three you mentioned who all have good numbers, or maybe they're number four. I don't know how galaxy brain that the Gorlocks, which is some kind of mascot. Name. I, there's <laughs> the weirdest. There's the weirdest mascots in, in college sports. Honestly, how about this for first round matchups? It doesn't get much better than the Polars and the Gorlocks. I, that, that's pretty good. That's that that is up there. That's that's a D three baseball tweet right there to send, yes. send those that are their way. But. Uh, as I was saying, the the only shot I really feel like they got is if they throw one of their lesser arms looking ahead, don't really respect crown. This lineup can do some hay at the top of the order, hit a couple bombs, is trying to be the equalizer, and then you just get Newman to be really, really good to keep you in the game, and then you hand it over to Van Dam and you just hope you're within three or four runs going into the seventh. And that may sound really dire based on what we just saw, like, wow, you have no respect for him. But it's like you said, Wyatt, it's just such a tough matchup. It's nothing against Crown, but it's everything you just exerted on Saturday is going to all come into the picture later in the week. And they wouldn't have drawn it up any differently. Don't get me wrong. Coach Dehaney and his staff, like, you do whatever you can to win the UMAC championship for the first time in program history, and you worry about the rest later. Like, I'm not saying they should have handled it differently, but as you mentioned, it's going to be tough sledding for a reason. Here's the problem with what you just said. Webster, I mean, even if they don't throw their top option, like I said, they got three guys that have an ERA under Depth, three and have yeah. all pitched 60 innings. I mean, you're going to get one of them, and yep. I, that's all they need to win that thing is those three guys and then a little bit of relief, which they have one really good relief pitcher as well, and Webster set up to go win that thing. I, I don't see a team in this region giving them much of a problem. I know Crown's lineup can hit. Wow. Bethel slander? Why? you not respecting Bethel? Wow, that's a... Uh... That's surprising. Give me a reason to respect you, and I'll respect you. There you go. Um, I just, I don't, I, I honestly think Webster, just with what I've seen, they seem by far like they're above everybody else in this region, and that includes Crown. Now, here's the exciting part if you're a polar, all right? I'm not just going to say it's impossible. Crazy things happen this time of the year. It's baseball. Anyone can win any given day. And if you have a guy like Newman and he is ready to go, he will give you a chance and keep you in the game. And with that offense, they could pull off something crazy. They could. Yep. It's just an uphill climb, and I don't necessarily see it happening. But it is possible, and you really you just take it one game at a time, I guess, and see what happens. Because I, I think they're there with Bethel. I don't think Bethel concerns Crown necessarily. They no, could, I, they could beat a Bethel. It was a joke. I agree. Yes, yes. They, they could absolutely hang with them. And then I forget who Bethel was even playing uh, in that two three matchup i had it up a second ago and i lost it and but what do you do i don't have it i i should be helping you out here and i'm, I'm not it's okay moment, so <laughs> all t- all this to say crown could absolutely win a game in this regional i don't think they're gonna win the whole thing by any means i don't think they're gonna be webster in the first round there is a path though and there is a vision that i could see it happening and a lot of it just hinges on Eric Newman and how he's feeling and, I guess, how they handle some elite pitching as well. Yeah, the other team is, uh, and I'm just saying this because I just want to say the name, Wooster. Oh, that's right. Wooster's good. Yeah. The Fighting Scots. How about the mascots in this region? That's what I'm I mean, saying. The, the Royals are boring, and then you got the Fighting Scots, the Polars, and the Gorlocks. There's a matchup, I think it was a year ago, in the NCAA tournament. It was like the Big Blue versus Big Red or something. It was, uh, <laughs> I, I can't remember who the two teams were. but Wait, Cornell's Division Three in baseball? Oh, no, there's, right. probably, there's probably another Big Red. But, um, 
Yeah, isn't it Nebraska or something? Aren't they the big red? Well, they can call them the big red, but they're the Cornhuskers. I mean, that's not their act. But you you could you could make it. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. Not to talk about mascot names too long. No, but what do you think Crown has to do to somehow pull off a complete all-time shocker? Because quite frankly, you just don't see number five teams in the country lose in their opening game. And, and a double tournament. limit. Well, yeah, and then just in and of it. it's a du- So it's basically... To put it in simplest terms, it's just like what we had this past weekend in the UMAC Wyatt across the country. And there's there's a few oddities where there's like Trinity, Texas is in a just a two teamer against someone else because there wasn't well, enough to make what it. What is the deal with that? What a joke! They, I don't they know. Come they to couldn't make it all pods year. of four. It's they come to our field last year. They complain about the turf. They get beat well, twice. They weren't they complaining about Texas. it nearly as much as other teams were. They I didn't hear them. They were the ones I heard that led the charge actually. Really? That okay. Because their their coaches were nothing but class when I talked to them. I mean, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed their their Texas hospitality brought up to Minnesota. But anyway, sure. Continue. I'm just saying that now all of a sudden because they couldn't do it in a region of six teams, they got to make it easier on themselves. They just have two teams and they can go to well, a super regional. Like, what is that? I don't know who decides that, but it's a joke that it can't be even across the board. Like, I don't know how many of those there are. There's maybe three or four, but the rest of them are four team regionals like Crowns in. So. Put. To put a couple more teams in at large I bids. Agree. I mean, that's a joke. I it doesn't it doesn't make any sense, and it's just the NCAA again. Why it just given the leftovers of brain power to Division three. I don't know how else to put it. You know, that's an interesting <laughs> term you just used. That's for sure. But uh, what do you what do you see happening with Crown? What what, what do you think? Well. Like I said, they, they're going to need not just home runs, but do what they've done in the past. They're going to need to be two and three run shots. So if you can get a couple of those and you can somehow get a guy on his off game a little bit where you can ding him for – because you're not going to have many chances. So if you're watching, you know, or if Polar fans are listening to this and then you're watching later this week, don't think, oh, we got some a rally going here. Oh, we didn't score. That's okay. We'll have plenty more chances. No, probably not. So when you do have your chances – you better cash in. And Wyatt, if you get a couple guys on, why not hit a lawn ball? You've done it all season long. You're probably going to need to do it here. And then you're not going to have Eric Newman do the absurd stuff that he did Saturday probably. But if he can put you in a spot, like I said, to keep you tight going into the last couple innings, all you want to do is put some pressure on the team that's favored. Get into their bullpen and then see what can happen from there. That is the, the fun, best way I can That is it. the fun part about this too is the top teams are the ones with the pressure and so it's fun to see yeah. how they react and how they respond and some handle it well and others don't. So maybe Crown gets a team like that in Webster and they're just not ready for it and they get a little tight, get a little nervous and that benefits Crown. I think Crown's going to be extremely loose. I think they don't really have it. They should it. be. There are, they're there for the first time. I mean, they're just out there playing at this point. Just go out there, do your thing, which they always do. They don't deviate from their game plan. They always have that same approach. So I think that'll serve them well. The problem is that the same thing that I thought was going to benefit them in the UMAC tournament is going to hurt them in the NCAA tournament. And the reason I say that is the teams in the NCAA tournament are going to swing the bat just as good as Crown does. And their pitching depth clearly looks to be a lot better than what Crown has. So I'm t- kind of having a tough time finding where Crown has the edge here. You know what I mean? Like in, in the UMAC tournament, they had the best lineup by far. And so that benefited them because the pitching depth on these other teams maybe wasn't as strong as the teams they're going to face in the NCAA tournament. But the problem is, by the time you get to Game 3, Game 4 in the NCAA tournament... There's still dudes out there hucking on the mound, and you're still going to have a tough time. And I don't know if Crown has the guys to match them. We'll find out. I, I'm not going to disagree with you because 
it all makes sense to me. And you, you just hope you get some breaks and then you got to take advantage. And like I said, you're going to get very few opportunities and you got to try to cash in, but they're going to roll that pirate ship down south into St. Louis and see what happens. So. Yeah, I, I think they got a really tough draw, and especially just when you look at last year and the draw that we got when I was, you know, well, yeah. Northwestern. I mean, we had a Dream very, draw. very good yes. draw. Not yeah. not just the fact that we were hosting, but just the teams that were in our regional compared don't, to— Don't disrespect Trinity again, Wyatt. Don't do it. I, I know you want to. You, you were, you're you the one doing it now. I mean, no, maybe no, I wasn't no. going to say Trinity. They I had some bats. They didn't have any pitching, and we won't go all the way down the line with Aurora and Misericordia and yada, 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 but— Poor Misericordia, by the way. They got left out this year. That was actually big. I The D3 baseball guys were talking about them a lot throughout this season, about them being on the fringe. And you, you do feel for Coach Egbert's club and uh, uh, um, Boylan. And uh, I, I'll stop naming Misericordia guys. I just I hope Joe Lissio is still okay. Joe Lissio. I hope his tooth is doing all right. I mean, we never got the dental bill, but, you know, if, and I'll send it our way. What a joke for anyone who understands. <laughs> there's that. there's a few people that'll get the reference. No, I mean, no, I know. We I know. we have it on footage. I mean, for crying out loud. Well, and Misericordia was saying the same thing. It's on video. Use the replay, and it overturned the call. And I'm like, I don't I don't know what the video is gonna do for you. <laughs> if this was the NBA. He'd be ejected for flopping. <laughs> for flopping. <laughs> How or, do you chip your How do you chip your tooth on a play like well, that too? That's what I'm I mean, Carl, too, Carl didn't hit him that hard. <laughs> there was never any contact at any time with his face. Like it never hit the ground. It he never just got landed. Hit. I don't know. He just landed awkwardly, and he had a loose tooth. And the tooth I've never heard of said that it's, before. It's but time. I I don't know what happened. Why? I don't know. Anyways, uh, crown. Best of luck to you. Make the UMAC proud. And if you yes, play Bethel, especially, I mean, this is what we always say, Ryan. I mean, we say it during basketball season, it's nothing like a UMAC team beating a MIAC team in postseason play. Well, now we have the yes. chance to see it in baseball as well. So go out there and do it. I'm honestly. I could care less if they beat Webster. You beat Bethel, it's a successful tournament. I, I was literally just going to joke that. You could get dusted in game one, find a way where you're playing Bethel in game two, you, you win in a squeaker, that, and then you lose the next one by 10. But you're going home with a win, yeah, and you and, beat a Mayak club. And you so. beat a Mayak club, exactly. That's that's enough for us, at least. I don't know if they, they necessarily would be okay with it. It's enough for us. We just want to beat, beat, beat the Mayak teams. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And uh, we will do any full talk about recapping the UMAC as a whole and maybe share a couple of best moments and fond memories before the season's all over next week. So folks, if you're waiting for that next week, okay, we're just previewing the NCAA tournament today and uh, what specifically went down to finish the weekend at Reynolds Field. So I'm kind of all out of takes wide. I've done enough talking and uh, I feel like you need to do some more. So go ahead. No, no, I don't. But uh, I'll I'll close this out if you want. I'm, I'm I don't have much else to say. Uh, just thanks to everyone for the support over this week. I hope you enjoyed the instant reaction pods and just everything we've been doing here. It's been a lot of fun. I mean, I go back to even basketball season and where we're at now. Back when we recorded our first one, we're well above oh. fifty now. Oh, and I miss it. Oh, I miss it. It's. You, you, you're such a basketball fan. You got to enjoy the baseball season. Well, I, I, I do, but I love hoops. I'm not going to lie. Incredible. Um, 
you know, for someone who didn't have a whole lot to say, you sure sure were able to jump in <laughs> sorry, there and make sorry, make, sorry. make your point known that you like basketball more than baseball. We get it, Ryan. You're 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 a basketball guy. I I don't know what else to say. You know, we never called our tennis match this year either. We we got to do some tennis at some. I point. was ready. I was ready. You weren't. You weren't there. So we'll, I was we'll figured out. I was there. Well, not it, it didn't happen at the Johnson course. That's the problem. We couldn't do our setup at a neutral site. That's the issue. We'll work on it. We'll work on it for next year. Thanks for the support, everybody. We appreciate it. It's been a heck of a ride. We're looking forward to recapping what Crown is able to do in the NCAA tournament next week. We'll, uh, like we said, you know, make a final one, just kind of some thoughts and different stuff like that, uh, and then just kind of go from there. But what a ride it's been. Heck of a UMAC baseball tournament. I mean, who saw that coming? That was a lot of fun to see how that unfolded, and it's why we love baseball in this time of the year. It's just you never know what's going to happen and uh, did not disappoint once again. With that being said, you know how to interact with us. As I said, right off the top of the episode, the email is UAO, the UMAC at gmail.com. We're on Twitter. Unlike any other, the UMAC and uh, don't forget to download, subscribe to the podcast, let your uh, family and friends know about it as well. And uh, I guess we'll catch you next time on the unlike any other, the UMAC podcast.